Hello and welcome to the Crack and Banter podcast with me, Reese, and my co-host Luke. Luke, how are you today? I'm very well, thank you. Happy as always to be on the podcast. How are you? I'm doing very well. You had a good week? Yes. Uh, hasn't been particularly busy, I would say, but uh, well, then again, it's nice to have a slower uh, pace to life every once in a while. Very true. Yes, you can't always be uh, can't always be at one hundred percent. Sometimes you just take a little rest. And heard a good analogy this week actually um, about someone saying saying they hit a wall, and a, a nice response is that uh, sometimes you you need a wall to lean against and rest, which I think is a nice analogy for sometimes when that happens when you're expelling a lot of energy and you feel like you've hit a wall. Maybe that wall's there for a reason. So I think very much sometimes take a little take a little rest and a, a slow week is nothing to be uh nothing to be scoffed at so i think i love a slow week love a little relaxed week you know chill out and just watch the movies which is exactly what we did this week um, and we have a fun fun episode coming up we're going to talk a little bit about free guy later on um but we have a little bit of news first as we always do uh, i'll start off with the kind of big news this week we got another eternals trailer for marvel's eternals did you watch this trailer look uh no i didn't actually i i forgot i should uh you know i see trailers and well pre the podcast i didn't really actually watch trailers because i I quite like being i either like uh not watching them and then being pleasantly surprised in the cinema when i go and see them or getting to see the trailers in the cinema before the movie i quite like that um but i I saw the trailer and never thought that i should probably watch it for the podcast (laughs) No, that's fair. I, I did a similar thing where I, I wasn't going to watch it, but then obviously partly for this and also just because you spend a couple of days on the internet and you, you kind of know everything that happens anyway. So it's tricky to avoid spoilers, or not even spoilers, but knowing what happens in the trailers. So once I kind of knew what happened in the trailers already, I thought I may as well watch it and, and get a good idea. Uh, it looks good. Again, it, it doesn't spoil a lot. It answers probably everyone's big question going into this, which was where have the Eternals been all this time? Uh, so it, it answers this in the trailer just with a bit of a throwaway line where uh, they can only get involved in certain scenarios and that'll be explained in the movie without spoiling anything. But um, it looks interesting. We got a glimpse at some people's powers, but again, it's all very fast and, and you don't see loads, which I do like because I, I really like seeing or seeing a lot of these things for the first time in the in the theatre. So I'm, I'm still excited for this, but We've talked a lot about the Eternals before, and I think it looks really good. The designs for, I think, some of the pars look and abilities look really cool in this, which is nice, even just the little glimpses we got. Still not 100% sure what everyone can do. Uh, but again, I think that's nice to not know everything before before you even see the movie. So I'm just excited to see it. It looks really nice. Um, there was a, a very cool scene in the trailer of a sort of um, island being destroyed or sort of destroyed but like sinking into the sea it looked really really cool and it was very like just extremely impressive cgi what we've come to expect (laughs) from marvel now but um it looked very cool looks like it's going to be a really nice looking movie which i i think is good um so yeah i'm very excited for it but i don't have i don't have a whole bunch of thoughts because it's there's not much to to really think about right now i'm happy to go into these without trying to figure out everything beforehand you know yeah no i mean i think this is one that 
is maybe in a slightly advantageous position for Marvel in that uh, I think there are certain Marvel movies people go into with higher expectations. If I this is I I can't think of a charitable way to put this, but just because it's a less well known IP, I would say, uh, well, for the casual fan, I know they're, they're relatively important in the comics. I, I I don't think people are necessarily either not so much they're going in with lower expectations because I think Marvel is a bar set for itself, but I think there may be. They, they're not knowing what they want going into you know people know what they want if they're going into well say when they used to go into the iron man sequels or a captain america sequel or a thor sequel they, they knew yeah. what they want mm-hmm. not not so much with this uh people anyone going into this is ready for something new would say at least i think that's quite a good place to be in for yeah. marvel with regards to releasing this film yeah definitely i think similar thing with guardians of the galaxy where again obviously yeah big fans will know what they are but for other people it, it's not like as as well known a team so uh similarly to the way james gunn had more freedom to make those movies funnier and add a bit more of his own flavor to it i think this is another opportunity to do that in a different direction you know and make these characters different again in their own way uh which i think is nice i think the more freedom the better, certainly for a lot of directors um, at this point. So I think we saw that definitely with Suicide Squad last week uh, for DC. I think some more some more freedom for the directors could really uh, really amplify these Marvel movies. So I'm, I'm happy to see that. Yeah, some of these more slightly lesser known characters. They're certainly, as you say, not unknown, but uh, characters where there's a bit less pressure, I think um, will be really fun to see. Now I have an, another piece of news and I'm, I'm happy to bring back this segment that I quite like, which is um, why did they make this movie news? Uh, we've got another one. Look, another movie. Did you know that they are making and uh, filming has actually wrapped on the Flaming Hot Cheetos movie? Yeah. What? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're making yeah. a movie called Flaming Hot. It's uh, Eva Longria's directorial debut and this is a movie about flaming hot cheetos no and that's no, not the, a joke this is this is like some sort of mad lips prom surely like <laughs> yeah, no, no disrespect to miss miss longoria uh, but the, even that feels random it's just it's it's been filled in on a prompt yeah this isn't real this is this is you, you know, Cheetos, I think, are one of those brands that do publicity stunts. Maybe th- this must be a publicity stunt. It's just, just it can't be double, real. Double check and it's not April 1st there. <laughs> no, it's not real. Come on. Okay, I, I will elaborate slightly. The, the story they're actually telling in this movie is uh, a, quote, urban legend about a man who was a janitor at the Lay's uh, factory who apparently left and developed the idea for Flamin' Hot Cheetos and was never given credit for it. Now, this is just a thing that a guy said. I have no idea if there's like a court case about it, if it ever went anywhere, or if it is just an urban legend that someone said one time. It doesn't feel like grounds to make an entire movie about Flamin' Hot Cheetos, but they're doing it nonetheless. And what's more is the Cheetos people aren't really that happy about it. 
the, the Cheetos people are the ones saying this is all an urban legend. This is just a movie about a story that happened. We are not really, they're not saying this is real. So it's a way more uh, in-depth, dramatic I'm... movie than you would expect from a flaming Hot Cheetos movie. Color me interested now. This was, I had this the wrong end of the stick here. I thought this was some sort of corporate <laughs> Emoji movie style Drek, but uh, this is Eva Longoria, champion of the working man, sticking it to the big corporations. Exactly, exactly. I am, so... I am, I'm all aboard this hype train and I'm riding it to the terminal station. You've just, you've flipped so hard on this Cheetos movie, but honestly, I'm I'm happy to I'm happy to hear it. I'm I'm so intrigued by this. I love reading these articles and like you were doing doing an absolute double take because the the article headline is just flaming hot cheetos movie wraps uh filming and what the hell does that mean R- imagine reading that this you're is like scrolling through proper movie entertainment news and that's the headline you see this is like a ge- generation uh z uh uh Aaron Brockovich. this is <laughs> this could be big this could, this could bring be. the whole system crumbling down. You take, you just take out that one Jenga block. It's it's gone, baby. Yeah, this thing goes all the way to the top. Cheetos, pack your bags. It's home time. Flaming Hot is gonna. It's gonna see the end of your days. The movie is called Flaming Hot, which excellent movie title. If if you're gonna make a movie about Cheetos, um, but yeah, I don't I don't know what to say about this. I just saw that and I had to talk about it because. Ah, they just right when you think that there's not going to be anything crazy for us to talk about, there is. There always is. There will always be something. Sometimes I worry trying to find news for this show, but you can always trust Hollywood to make some insane shit like this. <laughs> Apologize, we don't swear a lot on this show, but you know they make a flaming hot Cheetos movie, and what do you expect? <laughs> so... This is not the time for grace and decorum. Exactly. Exactly. We're sticking it to the Cheetos people, and honestly, the people are rising up, so this ain't your grandpappy's Cheetos movie. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, last piece of news before we get into our, our topic for this week. It's actually a little bit old at this point. We never uh, got to talk about it on the last episode, but Idris Elba, following on from Suicide Squad, has been cast in the Sonic the Hedgehog movie 2 as Knuckles. Did you see this, Luke? Yes, big, big dress. The yes. the man can do no wrong. Not like Knuckles is just gonna come on now and steal the movie. Yeah, absolute god tier like, casting. Also excellent. Sonic's going to be up to some nonsense and big dress because I mean it, it's he's not actually going on with the CGI characters. This is going to be Idris Elba just dressed up as Knuckles coming on the screen, just going, "What's all this then?" Yeah, <laughs> DI Lufa. Well, yeah, DI Knuckles now, I guess, but yeah, he's yeah. he's not playing it's Knuckles going... the Echidna. He's playing Knuckles the Human Detective. Yeah, uh... this is going to go dark. This is like yeah. this is going to go where Detective Pikachu didn't have the balls to go. <laughs> you ever, yeah. you ever said there was no cojones left in film making? Mm-hmm. They were not ready for this. This is just drop in for Sonic Two, if that's what you think. Because I 
I hope this is just it's just Idris Elba in a trench coat and brass knuckles, and that's how he plays the character. Yeah. And it just completely opposes uh, Ben Schwartz, I think, does the voice for Sonic. I assume he's back for this one. Uh, did you ever see the first Sonic movie, actually? No, and I no longer want to after hearing this casting news because this is going to be the pinnacle of filmmaking. Uh, <laughs> listen, one does not ruin their palette for uh, filet mignon with some uh, M- McDonald's grade A beef patty. Uh, we, we are fine dining on the cinematic arts. This, is, this has been served up to us by Big Daddy Warner Bros. ever does the Sonic movies. I don't know. <laughs> And I am. I have no idea. I am ready to open wide my mouth. Nice, nice. Uh, <laughs> I did see the first Sonic movie. Genuinely liked it. Actually, had a pretty good time. Um, I think it may be the pinnacle of the super, or not the superhero. Sorry, the uh, video game movie genre. Uh, it was a very, very fun movie. I think it was. It it did set up for a sequel and I think in a pretty good way in that it was like a very solid first movie but it felt like this would be a fun universe to come back to so I think uh yeah I do think this is definitely going to be a, an improvement on that certainly after seeing this casting um anything less me... than Sorry, anything anything less now than Tom Hardy playing Teals is going to be a disappointment with this casting well, that, that was going to be my next question is uh if if this is where we're going who do you think should play Teals I do think Teals showed up at the end of the last movie. I don't know if they had any dialogue, if there was an actor in for that or not. But uh, either way, a, a, a replacement could be added unless it was someone big. Um, is that your pick for Teals, Tom Hardy? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And he's doing his uh, Alfie voice from um, Peaky Blinders. Oh, wonderful. Yes. That honestly, yeah, that works. That works for me. <laughs> and then. Uh, get Killian Murphy in as everyone else. All the little forest animals uh, that are trapped by Eggman. <laughs> Killian Murphy plays all of them. That's that's our casting. Uh, we'll accept nothing else. But Idris Elba as Knuckles, man, what a what an inspiration. That's such a great you, idea. Fair. I know I was joking earlier, but I mean, this stuff works. Yeah, genuinely uh, for, great. For, for ages, kids' movies just got cheaped out with the the casting and it showed them with the end result you you get in your big names and the and talent and you do actually get your money's worth i mean i'm not sure if you need to go quite as far as getting idris elba to play <laughs> knuckles but I, it it just does add a lot to your film yeah. if you even in the first the one money to get the talent. yeah even in the first one you have Ben Schwartz as Sonic and uh, Jim Carrey as well in as as uh, Doctor Eggman. I think they and Andrew really Mann work. Is the human guy up sounds bad. Yes. James Marsden. <laughs> yes, that is right. Uh, yeah, exactly. Like talent, real talent, and it it does work. Similar thing with the Lego Movie. You know, a lot of that those movies appeal to everyone, and and people want to go and see them. I think, um, it yeah, as you say, it just works. Compare that to. A movie that doesn't try so hard. I can't think of any off the top of my head. Uh, the Nut Job, uh, <laughs> Son of the Mask. You know some of these movies that you see trailers for or posters for in the cinema, and and you know you're not going to see them. You know they're there because kids will ask parents to go and see it. 
And I think that works because, you know, you cut corners and you maybe make your money back. But these sorts of things really work and make make a lot of money and also actually are good movies at the end of the day. So I think, yeah, as much as we were joking about it, respect for doing this, for like really trying to make a good movie with good talent. I hope it isn't a joke and it's not, you know, Edge of doing three lines or whatever. Um, I hope this is him in really going for it. But I think he will, especially after Suicide Squad. I think he is very down to play some funnier, goofier characters as well. Uh, he's certainly he's, proven he can. So, I how do you go darker now for Shadows casting? Like, I mean, they've got <laughs> the literal hardest man on earth playing Knuckles. Like, do, do they maybe just have to subvert expectations with them? Um, yeah, Michael Sarah Shad- for Shadow. <laughs> 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 we've we've got it perfectly. Listen, I don't know. Maybe maybe we just haven't done the podcast for quite long enough yet, but it feels like we're so close to just Hollywood executives knocking down our doors, getting us to cast these movies, because on, I think we get it perfect every time. Genuinely. Yeah, we, we make art. Yeah, I mean, I, nothing I think... but art. Get us in for Flaming Hot 2. <laughs> right. Uh, you see, if this is going to be a thing, we're over it. Flaming Hot, there'll be no Flaming Hot slander. I genuinely think this is going to be... <laughs> A masterpiece for the little guy. Here at, at Crack and Banter, we stand flaming hot. Honestly, it, it actually does. It does sound envious. like, yeah, it does sound like a, a good movie, similar to that McDonald's movie, um, with uh, Michael Keaton in it. That was actually like a really, really good movie as well. Yeah, that movie is excellent. To be fair. Yeah, I think this is probably going to go down the same kind of route, but I just love the idea. That I, I like the idea that it, they started from there. They started from We Need a Cheetos movie and then worked this out. Like there was a million ideas before they could have done. Sorry, we're looping back to the Flaming Hot thing. It's too weird. Wait, wait. Sorry. <laughs> I, I, there was one movie I was thinking of. Sort of, it was maybe at the start of trying to see what could, um, what f- weird franchises could support a movie. Well, I was thinking of Battleship. I do have to say, I think I was saying with the Sonic thing, if you pay your money for the better cast members, you do get your money's worth. Yeah. You can go up and look this up. Battleship, which I didn't watch, so all I'm quoting this probably from secondhand sources, that it was maybe not such a good movie, but they went all out with their cast. I mean, I think there's like Rihanna, Liam Neeson, um, one of those like handsome film star guys that was popular in the early. Tatum in that movie, maybe. He might. Someone have... like that. Someone like that. I was thinking the guy who was in Black Hawk Down, but Taylor Kitsch was that his name? Yeah, yeah, maybe. I was thinking it might have been him, but I'm not 100 percent sure. So. Well, speaking of video game movies such as Sonic and Channing Tatum appearing in such movies. Uh, we're going to talk today a little bit about Free Guy. Uh, we're going to do a bit of a review. Free Guy, this is Ryan Reynolds' new movie. It is about a video game character, an, an NPC, that uh, not comes to life, but realizes just how uh, fantastic the world he lives in is and uh, some amount of funny and quite uh, heartwarming, I guess, um, moments sort of come off of that. We'll do a quick spoiler-free review before we get into our spoilers, uh, and then we'll do a, a full review after, as we always do with these things. So, yeah, look, give us your, your spoiler-free review. 
listen, uh, nowadays, really, whatever your opinion on in, is on them or not, the the majority of big releases now in cinemas are sequels, uh, reboots, remakes, existing franchises, whatever. So, for a film to come along and be original and new in the way that this movie was, it was just a breath of fresh air to me. Mm-hmm. I thought this was maybe just going to be a vehicle for Ryan Reynolds' charm that would try and coast by on that alone. Mm-hmm. But I can honestly say that in terms of a big studio release, there hasn't been a movie that has subverted my expectations as much as Free Guy has in a long, long time. I was expecting a sort of three-star out of five level fun, like, light comedy movie and you're right what we got instead was something that I would say was genuinely heartwarming sincere mm-hmm. surprisingly heavy <laughs> at points but it never stopped being funny and entertaining and charming and it was centered by strong performances from all of its stars so I mean it's a hundred percent recommend for me, and I would say if you haven't watched it yet, go and watch it first before listening to this review. If you're interested in watching, if you're not, which <laughs> I think you should be, and go on ahead and listen. But I think you should see it if you have before listening to our review. Yeah, no, I would agree. I mean, I would say even for the breath of fresh air, as you're saying, alone, it's worth seeing. Never mind the fact that it it really did impress me far more than I thought it was going to. Uh, I went into the well not went into it I thought when it was coming out I really didn't expect anything I wasn't really even sure if I would go and see it I thought I might go and see it because as you say it's not a, a sequel or a franchise movie so I thought those are kind of always worth seeing anyway um so but I was a bit 50 50 I was like I can see this or I can wait till it comes out you know on home release or whatever uh but then it came out and it was when it started getting reviews and people were talking about it it seemed like it was really picking up and people were really enjoying it so I, that really piqued my interest a bit. And I thought, oh, maybe this movie's actually more impressive than it's letting on to be. This was also one of the kind of COVID-cursed movies that was meant to come out a long time ago and had a trailer a long time ago as well and was kind of in that purgatory of not knowing how to release for a while. Um, it was also a, one of the Fox properties that then got moved over in the Disney merger and all of that nonsense. So it's a wonder it came out as well, which is always good. Yeah. That any that these movies have survived on top of all that, um. But even all like all of that aside, it, it was just a great movie. Uh, I think it's just worth mentioning that to show like the kind of hell that some of the production hell that some of these movies go through. Uh, to actually come out of that and still be a great movie that people are really enjoying and going out to see, it's just a very nice thing to see. And yeah, I I really I had a lot of fun with it. I'm not sure I loved it as much as you did, but I definitely did love it. Um. Always great to see Ryan Reynolds. Always great to see pretty much the entire cast, actually. No one no one was bad in this. No one was phoning it in. It didn't feel at any point like the movie I thought it was going to be a while ago. I was expecting this to... I was expecting this to be like... Uh, to compare it to Adam Sandler movies, I was expecting this to be like a Pixels, when in reality it was far more like a Happy Gilmore. It felt very old-school Adam Sandler to me in certain points, but very much those ones that are 
very funny but with really lovely moments in them as well um but the the comedy really is non-stop on top of that and so that was kind of the maybe the closest thing i could compare it to but then swap out adam sandler's style of comedy for ryan reynolds um and it was just wonderful to watch i love all of those things so uh, there was just really nothing wrong with it i don't think so um i i think this is going to be an impressively high scorer for us uh so we'll, we'll get into our spoilers um our spoilers review we do our quest for the best movie of all time we have a series of categories we're going to run through and give this a score in each category to uh, give it an overall score out of 50 and rank it against our other movies um but yeah, look, in, into some spoilers now, so stop listening if you don't want to get spoiled, but uh, what, what did you think? Uh, I think the catchphrase could sell a lot of t-shirts. <laughs> <laughs> Most definitely. Uh, yeah, I'd I'd buy that for sure. A cat, the catchphrase t-shirt. It was very... that. That was one of my favorite jokes. There were some really great jokes in this. There was one that really made me laugh, and I forgot it the second I came out of the theater, which was annoying. But I thought, um, dude, the the buff <laughs> uh, version of guy was very very funny as well. Just his like the fact that he was unfinished and had all these like placeholder, uh, you know, as you said, like catchphrase and all those things was really really funny. Uh, but yeah, it it was not relentless with the jokes in a bad way but it was you know it was funny the whole way through and i thought that was yeah. impressive to to keep me laughing the whole way through yeah. um i, I was yeah. gonna say to be fair um as someone who would spend a lot of their free time playing video games what impressed me is it, it actually seemed to have a pretty good understanding of video games you don't get that from a yeah. lot of mainstream movies about video games where <laughs> yeah i actually to be honest i quite like adam sandler so i'll pretty much watch whatever <laughs> whatever nonsense he would be in but i don't mind pixels but i mean it it was just like a sort of copy paste of uh, kind of a few of his movies it, the, the video the whole video game aspect uh for it was really more of a it could it could have been any movie basically it's just this yeah, one yeah. Happened, that one happened with a video game skin but free yeah. guy really did seem to have a pretty good understanding of video games and uh tried to introduce some topic to aspects of video games that i think the lay person who doesn't play them wouldn't really be familiar with like the concept of ai coding branches uh, di- di- different mechanics of like um, how people behave in online games, all that stuff. I thought was um, well done and clearly did seem to be done by people who knew what they were talking about, which yeah. I thought was interesting. Yeah, it had it had streamers, it had YouTubers in it, which was quite fun, and it never like stopped to explain any of it, which is great too, because like. Yeah, because there, there were things in it that I I didn't realize until I sort of thought about it for a minute that a lot of people wouldn't get. Things like just people saying, like, the chat, you know, that, you know, if you're, if you're not on Twitch at all, you have no idea who the chat is. You know, can you say this for the chat or whatever? Uh, can we get this in chat? Like, if you don't know what Twitch is, that makes no sense to you. But they didn't stop 
to like explain that which i think it's good because it's not that important but also it's a thing that in this movie and in this universe they would understand in the same way that you know in a movie you have scientists and they don't they may briefly explain how something works but they don't it doesn't need to be real science when you're doing making a sci-fi movie similar thing in this where it's like gamers or coders or whatever will like understand some of this stuff but also you don't need to break it all down and make it make sense to everyone i think it it all makes enough sense that you can just get it i thought that was really cool what you're saying sorry what you're saying is this is basically the interstellar of video games (laughs) i guess yeah it's the interstellar of video game movies maybe love seeing people play with keyboard and mice and uh, even controllers where they aren't doing that dumb thing they get people to do with controllers in movies where they move the whole controller while they play <laughs> you ever see that in movies where like someone's just playing yeah. a like a an fps and they they move their entire controller to yeah. the left every time they're trying to move as if it big, doesn't just have a joystick to do that big bang theory used to be quite bad for that i think i remember it's sort of like the problem is is the acting is just basically trying to show that you're playing a video game so yeah, you yeah. trying to use every button whereas I, I've thought about that before sometimes when I've been playing a video game. And there's a lot of the time you're maybe only pushing one stick or one button and then yeah. you only tap another button every few seconds to do it. Yeah, it's essentially a, a thumbstick, a button and a trigger is all you'll ever really have going at one time. You're never like moving your hand around <laughs> around every button or anything like that. Uh, there's no way you're using the thumb pad like <laughs> the arrows yeah. no one is using those uh, like to, for regular gameplay uh so it's so funny yes seeing people and they have all all four fingers up around the the controller as if that like makes you a better player i think that is always funny but f a little annoying in movies to see people playing video games like that so they didn't do that in this movie and i think that's good it's just it's one of those things that all you need to do is have one person who plays video games to be in the writer's room just at the time, you know? That's all you need. It's just one person to be there to say, actually, that's not how that works. Or we would probably say this. And that's that's it. It's that easy. So it's it's crazy that it's that easy and so many people get it wrong. So I'm really glad that they got it right in this. Uh, and I think a big part of that is just them taking care with these movies. Ryan Reynolds was obviously very involved in making this Uh as he often is with his movies, I think he really, he makes things that he likes uh, or that he really wants to make, which you can see in a lot of his movies, there feels like there's real care and attention given to them. Um, and I like that. I, I, I think that's just a nice thing to see yeah. in well, directors. Yeah. Actually, do you know what's interesting about that? Because I was actually thinking about, you know, since uh, Deadpool 1, we've had a bit of a renaissance with the start of that spell, R-E-Y. <laughs> and the renaissance if you will doesn't actually encompass that many movies since then it's been uh, the two Deadpool movies Detective Pikachu this and maybe one or two others I think he was in uh, Hobbs and Shaw yes so you you have there I think uh, this is definitely that's been a great choice for his career he is discerning with what he takes on and he gives what he takes on his full time and attention and yeah. i think that shows in the quality then of the movies i mean he you know he genuinely hasn't done a bad movie in years and years yeah and i think it also he is 
he's not letting people push him about and not in like a diva-ish way but just in that way of if I'm gonna come on and do this movie I want it to be good so I need to be given some freedom to to care about you need to let me care about this movie in other words you know uh, which I think is why he does often have a big hand in making these movies and he is so often a producer or, or whatever uh, writer or any, anything he, he nearly always does more than just play a role in, in the movies he makes I think that's just a, a very cool and interesting way to make movies too which is uh, yeah. maybe not better or worse you know there's lots of great actors who just who just do their acting but um, I think it's certainly an interesting way to make movies and it's proven to be effective so far so um, yeah, I, I, it's weird cause I do, I like Ryan Reynolds a lot and I wouldn't have thought of myself as being someone who will see anything he's in, but, um, it certainly is a way to, a way to get me interested <laughs> to put Ryan Reynolds in your movie. So, uh, yeah, that, I, that's not really a, an unpopular opinion either. I think a lot of people are big Ryan Reynolds fans, but it's pretty well deserved. I would argue. He's kind of like Adam Sandler in that way. Yeah, it sort is. On the side. <laughs> I was just. I, you end up because you end up watching the most random stuff on TV if you just be you're just channel surfing, uh, <laughs> like after midnight. I was flicking through the sports channels and there's some baseball on, mm. and it was, um, I think it was it, it was Major League Baseball, but I think this week the weekend just passed was like uh, some big weekend in Little League, you know, like the big countrywide. Uh, junior baseball tournament they do and I think as part of that one of the matches was taking place at the same ground they were playing uh, some of the important Little League matches on and uh, I, I don't know if you've ever seen some of the videos but the Little League players do these quick player profiles it's where um, we got the absolute gem if you search this up on YouTube you'll find it where one kid goes my name's Big L now hit dingers <laughs> Anyway, sorry, this is a long window way to get to this, but they were doing those with the the MLB players. So one of the Los Angeles Angels players uh, did the player profile and they asked him favorite actor, and he said Adam Sandler. I love his movies. I just thought, you know what, fair play. <laughs> you don't always yeah. need a fancy schmancy um, method actor who makes everyone else's hell there's something in just having your favorite actor as adam sadler that i can admire massively exactly exactly keep it simple and it's not it's not a bad actor to pick either it doesn't need to not everything needs to be exactly not everything needs to be deep you know it, it's not that deep it's not that deep uh so I, I think that's fair totally fair to just pick an actor who you like and that's your favorite actor there's no doesn't need to be that big a deal it's just an actor you know so i think that is definitely there's there's a beauty in that there's a definite beauty in that uh we can get into our our categories now for our uh quest for the best movie of all time our first category out of 10 is characters um some great characters in this obviously ryan reynolds is a standout as the titular guy um they're like I think all the characters are great, but it is it is his movie, and I think that's not a bad thing. Uh, you know, he is who we follow, and you sort of see everything very much from his perspective. Uh, did you enjoy that character? I assume you did. But what what did you like about Guy as a character? Uh, yeah, I think uh, the the way 
Ryan Reynolds uh, portrayed the character and his evolution across the movie, I thought was very well done, sort of uh, starting out early on as the as an unassuming um, worker in the bank and uh, the, the, actually the way he um, portrayed a video game NPC was also very accurate sort of um, with regards to what we were talking about with the accuracy of the whole video game environment so yeah. um, I was impressed how the character evolved along the movie and it felt very organic you know yeah <laughs> Well, apart from the one scene where he gets his um, memory back, it's not like there's any big yeah. watershed moment where he suddenly um, switches. It, it does happen naturally, of course, the cross of, of course, across the course <laughs> of the movie, if I could get my words out. Um, and again, that's actually clever because uh, whilst it's obviously as a result of the way his AI evolves uh, the generating the new algorithm it also works within the movie because as he levels up his character he levels up as a person so to speak that is honestly one of the worst things I think I've ever said it's very motivational speaker I like it I like it it's, I just thought that was um, almost clever how those two things Sorry, not almost clever. It was clever how those two things um, <laughs> uh, married each other. I said that yeah. and realized almost clever. Sounds like a really clever. mean thing to say. Yeah, that's, that is so patronizing to be like this. It's almost clever the way they write these movies. <laughs> uh, no, I definitely agree. I think that's true. I think we should all learn something about leveling up personally, you know. Uh, I think we all... <laughs> there's there's something there. Um no, it was. It felt organic, as you say, and it all, it just made it make sense. And I really liked that then when we had more and more explained about the way the AI worked. Um, it then really informed that as well. It mostly, we'll talk about this more in the writing, but I think it did mostly make sense, especially in a movie where I thought they were just going to let it not make sense and ignore it. Uh, they actually they gave it an explanation and explained it all in a, in a pretty good way. But yes, we'll talk about that a bit later. Um, in terms of Guy as, as the character, I, I really, yeah, I liked it. The, the NPC thing worked really well for all the characters, I think. I liked the, um, the way they explained it. Like, the NPCs have personalized. They're just extremely simple. I think that was a good way to explain why then, when we were watching the movie, they were different and they were having conversations, but you could still understand how they were still NPCs, but equally had this sort of learning capability. Uh, I th thought it just all, it made sense to me and it worked really well for the characters to keep them sort of simple, but still feel like characters you could relate to and not seem just like flat, you know, video game characters. So I think it, it worked really well across the board for everyone. Uh, we of course have our human characters, our non-video game characters, uh, which were great. We have some of the... Uh, I was going to say hackers, but I guess they're just coders. Um, and then, of course, the wonderful villain played by Taika Waititi, who is always great to see as well. Uh, another wonderful, uh, wonderful, wonderful actor and director. That's another, much like Ryan Reynolds, someone who you will, that's a great way to convince me to see a film is to put Taika in it. So uh, just great to see him. For Didn't realize that him and Ryan Reynolds actually don't, 
do anything together in the movie, which is quite impressive, given how like they have such a great chemistry anyway, and clearly are real life friends. Um, so that was quite funny. But man, well, what what a great villain from such I was a nice say, guy. That was actually Harry was probably deliberately was to never interact because um, sort of. I think the thing with him, I've I've drawn a blank on the character's um name. Oh, what is it? Antoine. Antoine. It's even spilt in a douchey way. Sorry if anyone's an- name is spilt like Antoine. that. No, not the name Antoine. Antoine's not a douchey name. It's a French name. Uh, no, I know the the way he spells it. Yeah. Yeah, the spelling. I, I feel comfortable enough saying that because I don't think anyone's. I think it was a made, I think it was a made up spelling. Given yeah, how yeah. he also spelt his company tsunami, S double O N M A I or N M I, I thought that was yeah. also very fun. Just, just such a douche. Like, mm-hmm. and also, I like a, I like that he also he wasn't just, he wasn't just like a a Chad. He was like a coder nerd's ver- vision of what a douchebag is. Yeah. So he was like even worse because he was also like how nerds imagine cool guys are, which is in itself so uncool and douchey so it was like just the perfect storm of creating a horrible person and yeah like oh hilarious yeah i was gonna say though i think it was actually very deliberate that he never went into the game it was sort of maybe to illustrate how he none of the what none of what was built in the game was really his it was based off stolen work and he never actually cared about making a good game he just cared about making money so i think it was very deliberate he never went into the game uh, yeah i also have to imagine not saying any one person in particular but i think he's basically based on the amalgamation of several real people it, it did seem like some of the writers might have had uh, some experience working under silicon valley uh, uh <laughs> tech bro types yes uh, which i'm sure are and no short supply these days. <laughs> yeah, it did feel like a, a collection of archetypes rolled into one, uh, none of which being good guys, uh, which I think, yeah, you could definitely imagine some of these guys have experience uh, working with those sorts of people, certainly in Hollywood and in the, the gaming and coding world. So, yeah, as you say, there were no short supply, and I thought it was just a very funny way to make a, a villain that is a bit different, like, especially when it comes to the like billionaire CEO villain that's so classically done as like this super genius, you know, who you can't get the better of. They're always steps ahead. That's why they've made it to this point. So it's, it's funny to see like that same, that same character of the billionaire CEO, but done as a guy who knows nothing about what he's doing and is like just kind of good fortune is the only thing that's put him there. And he's just horrible. And has made a couple of good decisions by accident but really has no skill uh it's a very funny and slightly different way to take that approach because it makes him even more scary as a villain because he really you don't know what he's going to do he's an absolute loose cannon who just cares about money and there's no there's no sense of like oh this game or this code is important which it is he doesn't care about that at all uh and i think that is it makes for a very funny but quite menacing character as well because it is so chaotic. Uh, so I thought that was very good. But we had a few other great characters. Look, uh, talk about some of your favorites. Well, I really liked um, Millie. Um, 
played by Julie Comer, who mm-hmm. I was actually thinking about this earlier. I mean, she's already well known to um, international audiences because of uh, Killing Eve. But I mean, she's, I think she's going to do very well for herself in Hollywood. I mean, it's only a matter of time you'd have to imagine before some of the big franchises come knocking for her for a role. Yeah, be that yeah. the MCU, the DC, EU, or whatever that's called these days, uh, <laughs> or, or a, another whatever big uh, franchise movie. I think this is her foot in the door now. I mean, she's got a really, actually similar to the way Ryan Reynolds has, she's just got a really natural, easygoing charisma, mm-hmm. uh, which will lend itself well to a variety of roles. I mean, and sorry, showing she has range. Uh, I mean, I would say Millie was a very different character to Villanelle if you've watched uh, <laughs> Killing Eve. And I think she was also, I, I didn't watch it, so I can't even remember what it's called, but I think her breakout role in the UK was in a BBC Three drama, which was supposed to be very good. So, I mean, don't be surprised if you see her as one of the next big stars in Hollywood. Wouldn't surprise yeah. me. And um, she, I think she played Millie really well. Sort of, I thought it was honestly one of the funniest things <laughs> in the movie when you sort of had her doing this um, super cool um, shady deal in the back alley for uh, the location of a clip that she was looking for. And yeah. Concluded that she walks away and it just cuts to her in the internet cafe. Yeah. <laughs> disheveled and just yeah. sort of said, Yep, I think we've all had that experience before coming out of a video game. <laughs> yeah, you're snapped back to reality, as they say. Um, no, I thought it was. And it's very, and not so much for the, the real life Millie, but the, the in-game character. I think it would be easy to play that character as very standoffish and untrusting, which she is a bit, but it, it's so easy for that character to become a bit unlikable because of that. Um, I think like a lot of, a lesser actor wouldn't have done that to make that character still appealing after you know when they are kind of that go it alone kind of character especially uh, that is maybe just personal preference i generally don't like those sorts of characters who like uh go it alone don't trust anyone just for the sake of the story but this wasn't for the sake of the story it was the character and it then you know combine that it very quickly moved on from that uh, and I liked that she was still helpful despite that. You know, she still tells Guy to level up and do this, do X, Y, Z, and then we'll talk kind of thing. I, I like that. I like that while she was a bit of a lone wolf, she was still helpful and she wasn't just like, leave me alone, Guy, you know? Because I, I think that that would have been an easier way out for, for a character like that. And I think it does make them a bit less appealing. So she really played that character well and still made the character very enjoyable. Um and yeah, like it was funny because while it is the same person, obviously, it is a slightly different character in the game versus in, in real life. I guess just because in game you've got that freedom, you know, to to run about and shoot people and do all that stuff. And, um, you know, it's there's no consequences. So it was cool to see that she had a different dynamic in the game and in real life, but still felt like one person. I think that's that can't be an easy thing to do. So, and I think she's the only one really in this movie who had to do it for any extended length of time. Uh, so yeah, it's just just very impressive, you know. And yeah, some some of her 
facial expressions were also absolutely killer in terms of comedy. Like uh, when she and Guy kissed for the first time, it cuts back to her reaction. <laughs> she sort of realizes, what am I doing? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Similarly to then her reaction soon after that, where uh, Keys, her partner, reveals that uh, Guy is an AI as well. I think that is a very, very funny scene, her reaction to this, like, that's so weird, but also you can't compare that to anything either. Like, there's no real world comparison to what that must feel like. So I thought that was really, really funny, to be honest. I thought that was great. Um, Some great jokes. We'll get to that when we talk about probably uh, other stuff. But yeah, go ahead. I would actually like to say, with regards to Keys, I I thought that character was also... Uh, both played well and written well in that I think a lot of movies would have just turned him into an utterly pathetic, sad, sad, love lorn whatever guy just because the girl doesn't fancy him. But yeah, <laughs> back, but I mean he's pretty useful throughout the movie and he's he's he isn't a sap, you know, um when he thinks um Millie's not interested in him, he's just Okay, fine. Can still have a good friendship with her. Doesn't try to constantly uh, make a move on her or whatever. I, I just thought that was good choices. You know, the r- relationship between them was never hard to watch, which you sometimes get with those yeah. sorts of plot lines where with the unreciprocated feelings. So I think. Yes, you're sort of you're anticipating a cringe uh, in some of these, which with this you weren't. It was very comfortable. And yeah, easy to watch. Yeah, I like that he sort of, obviously at the start, he is a bit downtrodden and he's taken this job and he's not really sure if he likes it. But equally, you see him stand his ground where he won't take the promotion and he won't come and code. And, you know, he's not, he hasn't become a pushover or anything. He's just a, he's just a bit down on his luck. He's having not the best time, but he's certainly, but he's still a strong and very competent guy. I think that was good. You know, that actually they made him smart. Yeah, I was actually going to say, I should say, the switch up between him in real life and then the game where he plays the asshole <laughs> cop was very amusing. He played yeah. that to perfection. He was so slimy. Like, because I mean, at the start, I thought, before I'd explained who he was and his first appearance was as the developer in the game, I just thought he was going to be some sort of minor antagonist, which yeah. is how well he played the, the sort of sleazy in-game uh, mod cop thing. Yeah, no, I did. I liked him and the the friend who I who I don't know the name of the pink bunny man. Uh, yes. <laughs> I liked that because I I thought a similar thing. I thought at the start those two were kind of just gonna be like uh, joke characters we would cut back to for a, a laugh every so often, and that would kind of be their dynamic. But I liked that it, that wasn't the case. Both of them actually had some stuff to do. Uh, I liked the the other guy's sort of redemption at the end um, as he realizes that yeah, this guy he's working for that he thought was this very cool developer who's just a bit crazy. He's like, decided he doesn't want to impress that guy anymore. I liked that. You know, it, it felt earned. Um, it felt like the guy, he, he still, he still, he wasn't, he was ne- he was never an asshole, but he was realizing he was going, he had the potential to go down that path and, and follow uh, Antoine down the, the dark, the dark path, you know, uh, and he didn't. And I, I like that. You know, it's very, it's just a small thing for that character, but it's just nice. Always nice to see a character come good in the end, I think, and, and help out. Uh, you know, th- those little moments where it's 
I think uh, this was a big part of this movie was um, especially towards the end, that thing of like, no one person could have done it on their own. You know, you needed everyone to band together and that's, they obviously have a big moment where they band together at the end. And uh, I liked that. That's just a nice, that's a nice thing to see in a movie. I think that's one of those heartwarming moments we were talking about that like, where you were expecting this movie to not really go there, not to, to not be sincere or anything. So I liked, I liked those moments. It just, it, yeah, it sounds weird to talk about it, but it, those moments were like impressive to me and unexpected for me, I think is the big thing. Uh, those more heartwarming, sincere moments. So I liked, oh, uh, I liked all of that. Guy's best friend, the security guard, also got a good few yeah. laughs. So, you know, that character never really got fleshed out too much, but he did have his moments. So yeah. also... I, I did show you this sort of um, with regards to the story, how strong the AI was, that he was uh, that even before he became aware of what the world was and he was just the NPC. I mean, he he did behave like a real person. The only yeah. thing wasn't realistic was as to being a real person was the way he behaved during, behaved during the bank robberies. But like, I mean, outside of that is conversation with, with Guy and whatever uh showed you how good the AI was that I mean he he was almost like a real person with those regard in those regards. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um and I think that yeah that it just it just worked. It really worked and it even yeah his conversations and stuff you can see that this is this is a program that has been thinking and learning in some way but it you know it still does all of the everything that's on reels is on reels. So the way they act in the bank robberies, they're, they're programmed to work like that. But everything that isn't on those reels is free to think and grow and develop, which I thought was like a nice way to make it make sense for me. Do you know what I mean? That that meant I could watch it and understand it and be like, even if that's not how, you know, that's not how programming really works, whatever. It made sense to me and it made the movie make sense. It meant I could justify it all in my head, which I think is always a good thing that you're not left with a, a bunch of questions um so that's covered a lot of the characters there do you want to give a score out of 10 uh it just sounds like it's the way you asked i was like you know we could put a number on it but <laughs> why don't we want talk to about how me this feel <laughs> let's give it more of like a more of a more of an emotion out of 10 i'm thinking you <laughs> yeah uh I'd probably say eight. I think eight's fair. Yeah. Eight definitely sounds fair to me. I think great characters all around, you know, and it just, this worked, you know. Um, I think th- this is going to be a lot for this movie. Of It didn't, like, blow me away, but it also did very much impress me. So I think that's, and that kind of goes for a lot of these categories. Um, Direction is our next one. Now, I, I wouldn't say this is necessarily a movie with a big, directorial stamp on it but it did certainly have a style and uh, I think you could see that in, in a lot of the action and dialogue scenes in, in both just across the whole thing there was definitely a style to it I just wouldn't be sure you know uh, we, we talk about a lot in this certain directors having their specific stamp they put on something I'm not sure I find that necessarily with this but it there was something to it especially that Ryan Reynolds kind of you you have that that sense and that style of making movies that he has. Um so there was something to it, but well what do you think about direction? Um 
don't know, it's kind of hard to say what falls under direction here. I mean, I think, uh, trying to phrase this in a way that's not disrespectful to ever director because they did a very good <laughs> job, but I feel like a lot of the ideas uh, that are then in the movie were set out before filming started. Yeah, yeah. You know, it almost feels like I just I don't actually know what to consider for this. I mean, what Wood says the I don't I'm really struggling to think what actually falls <laughs> under this for this movie. I, I mean, I like really like the soundtrack and music choices. I think. Oh yeah. Uh, the action, the camera work follows it well, but I mean, I don't know. So I, I really <laughs> can't help you here. No, I, I know what you mean. It is, I think it's a movie like this also, it feels like there is quite a big deal of like crossover between what, you know, the writing into the direction, into the characters and the actors. I think so much of that has a lot of overlap in that, you know, a lot of these a lot of these actors will be making decisions for their characters or uh, doing improv jokes and things that maybe don't, they're not quite the right in and they're making decisions that are like direction, but maybe they aren't. And a lot of the performance stuff kind of, it, it all it all works together. And I guess that's just how movies work. But uh, in some movies, it's very clear what is what. And I think this, there's just a lot of overlap where it's a bit harder to tell. Yeah. Obviously direction, you can just, you can sort of classify that as the movie as a whole, you know, because uh, it is very much direction does uh, inform the movie. Um, and I think there's certainly no mistakes in this. There's certainly nothing that's done badly. But uh, yeah, it is very much one of those things where a lot of this, I think, is down to the writing and the characters being the very, very strong and sort of just set them off and let them run kind of thing and just film it. And that's kind of, that's the movie so I, I do I get what you're saying um but it's certainly still done well even doing that is a skill to just capture these actors and these performances well and make a movie out of it <laughs> you know uh, that is a skill to be able to do that and, and work with very funny comedic actors like this and and just have the movie come out and look good you know I, I think that's kind of the simplest way to put this is just whether the movie looked good or not and it certainly looked good so um maybe a six or a seven just because it's yeah, definitely the positive end of the spectrum but uh you know say there's not exactly a, a lot to say yes um because yeah there's not a lot to say but it's it's definitely it's definitely good it's hardly bad uh so <laughs> we'll work with that um all right our writing then out of 10 obviously a big part of the writing in this movie is the jokes but equally we've talked a bit about the you know the the ai and the uh, existent existentialism a little bit um that also is is very impressive writing so what what would you like to talk about when it comes to the writing in this movie yeah i mean i think it was incredibly impressive that a major summer blockbuster did decide to tackle the themes of ex Essentialism and what it actually means to be human slash alive. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and done in a very digestible way. I I think that's actually really I don't think people are gonna appreciate probably how hard that is to do. Yeah, to not and not, any... not make your audience like just tune out for the rest of the movie as they slowly sort of ponder life. I think that's 
uh, extremely impressive to have that conversation happen and still keep you in the movie and still uh, not not scare you I guess is the easiest way to to put it as you say make it digestible yeah it's certainly really impressed me the fact that I just watched it and kind of just sat there and yeah just sat and enjoyed it and didn't really it didn't you know make me feel strange or or really uh get me thinking a lot you know that it just was part of the movie and, and something they tackled that worked uh so I think that's yeah, that that deserves a lot of credit, I think, in this movie, um, for sure. Yeah. So, I mean, I think, to be fair, characters and writing were the big strengths of this movie. So I think uh, the relationships between the characters as mentioned previously were really well done. I mean, especially the sort of the way the relationship between Millie and Guy evolved. And how yeah. at the same time that was actually in reality, uh, the relationship between her and Keys, uh, yeah. becoming what it became. Sorry, I was a bit of an unwieldy sense. <laughs> um, I think... I liked that. No, I thought the payoff was well deserved at the end as well. I think they, it was nice. They teased that. They made it very clear, and then the payoff felt deserved, which is just nice. Just nice to see a movie done well. I think this is that's that's what it is. Yeah, no, I think as well as that, the jokes obviously worked. I think the majority of them landed and because mm-hmm. it was such a fast-paced movie, if one didn't necessarily land, there was usually another one coming up very quickly. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> only thing I could criticise for in the writing, and this is a bit, this is a bit nitpicky, uh, I think, to be honest, if the actor hadn't been as good as Taika Waititi. Antoine might have ended up being uh, a bit grating rather than funny, but because yeah, strength. I could see, I could see that, I could see that. Um, yeah, it, it wasn't. I don't want to say he wasn't compelling, but I think it, yes, it was very much Taika Waititi that made him compelling, and not the character itself. Um, I think I could, yeah, I could see that, uh, but. Equally lucky for them, they had Taika Waititi to do it, so it, <laughs> it worked out for the best. But yeah, I think maybe more could have been done with that character. Yeah, no. So, I mean, other than that, I don't really have any major criticisms of no. the writing. I mean, the celebrity guest appearances in the forms of the streamers. <laughs> I mean, I, I can't really criticize the writing for that. It's not like they were ever. Going. Yeah. Give, yeah, that's uh, that's very much uh, shrug your shoulders. It's the same as all of the uh, references to um, movies and video games, sort of, uh, especially in that end fight, are very much, they're not really there for us, but, you know, I don't, I don't really like that, but equally, I'm sure other people are like, oh my god, it's Captain yeah. America's shield. So I I, fair, I quite enjoyed that just for the cutaway to yeah I liked uh, the Chris, Chris Evans, Evans. Uh, that joke worked for me I mean and some of the references at least uh, felt at least showed there were people who knew their onions I mean I think one of the weapons he uses in that fight against a uh, guy is uh, the gravity gun from Half Life Two yeah which, I did um, I liked that I liked that little reference that's I'm one not for the gamers. 
niche game, but it's maybe a bit outside of the yeah. It's not a knowledge. Yeah, it's it's not the it's not the same uh, audience that a blockbuster summer movie is necessarily appealing to. So I think that's yeah, it's a nice, it's a deep enough cut that people will be like, oh, from the thing, <laughs> you know. Uh, and I, yeah, I, I appreciate that. Um, yeah. And I'm not going to complain about them, including celebrities. I don't know because I mean, ultimately, yeah, I I maybe I'm not so familiar with who the streamers are, but I think that's such a like. I hated that when I was younger, and you always got people going. Oh, who's that? I've never heard of them. It's like that's because you're not their target audience. I appreciate. I don't really know that. I mean, I know their names. Like I know your man Dan TDM. I think this is his name. Or like Jack said, the guy. I have heard of them. Yeah, but like I don't really know who they are that much. But like that's that's it's that's not in for me. Is what I'm saying. That's not. Like, I also yeah. I I I sort of. It's exactly. It's not for us, and I I appreciate it for the audience who does watch that. Because could you imagine if it was us? You know, I mean, even now, but imagine us at like twelve, thirteen, and the the YouTubers we watch coming up on on screen. You know, I remember. Uh, I think was it the the SpongeBob movie? Epic rap battles wrote a rap battle for the credits of that movie. Is that? I think that's oh, true. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and they made yeah, a and I remember appearance. seeing that. Yes, exactly. And I remember seeing that uh, on their YouTube channel first. I mean, like, that's that's amazing. Like, that's such a cool thing. And it is that little, oh, I know who that person is. And you kind of, you almost get that little, uh, that little flex of being able to explain it to, to people. And like, because I think YouTube, very much less so now, but for a long time, it was all like, not taboo in any way, but you wouldn't like talk to your parents or people who didn't watch YouTube. You wouldn't talk to them about it because they they wouldn't get it. If you don't watch it, you don't get it. It, it is a weird thing and it's not like TV really. So it's it's just very cool, I think, for younger people who know who those people are, who, whether it's Twitch or YouTube, seeing those people and then someone asking and you being like, oh, it's this person who I watch. They do this, this, you know, they play these sorts of games. So that's why they had them talking about it in the movie because all these people watch them and you know rely on their opinion and it's like being able to tell someone that and just knowing something at that age that a lot of people wouldn't know and would have to ask you about is a very cool thing and i just i i appreciate that for the people who do watch those uh streamers or youtubers whatever it is uh i on their behalf feel good for them (laughs) yeah uh do you have did you have a favorite joke just before before we give this a score I thought the, the the damsel in distress character. It wasn't a laugh out loud joke. It was more just oh, yeah. got a smile at me. It turned out she had written an essay on feminism and the patriarchy. I just thought that was amusing. Yeah, uh, I, oh, I also no. I loved uh, Key's explanation of that as well when he was talking about all what all the AI characters had done, and he says about her. Uh, she wrote a she wrote a uh, article or whatever it was on on feminism and the patriarchy and uh millie is like asking all these questions about you know how the ai works but he goes he's like well it's a little preachy in parts but overall it was pretty good (laughs) i think that 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 was such a funny just such a like little blink and you miss it kind of joke as well but that those are like very much my style of humor as well i thought it was very funny Um, actually there was one 
there's only just thought of, I think it was uh, Keyes and his mate were in the break room and Keyes is complaining about the something high ended up there and his mm-hmm. mate just goes, well that's, you're right, I don't want to hear about it and that sounds like a whole lot of white privilege. <laughs> <It's> <laughs> yeah. just, I just laugh because you wouldn't actually probably get many big films that would put joke in like that. Yeah. I was just thinking, oh there's going to be so many people watching this and it's just going to boil their fist if they've even <laughs> used that term. So just, yeah, I, that, that joke amused me. It was funny. Similarly, similar joke that you wouldn't be so sure a movie would put it in uh, towards the end when they're trying to rally all of the NPCs together um, by guys trying to do this by describing to them how in the real world there's uh, not all of this violence and trauma all the time. And he says, you know, how how often do people rob banks in your world? And she's like, not that often. And uh, whatever it is, are there is uh, this happening every day, blah, blah, blah. And and what about gun violence in your world, Millie? And she's like, actually, that's a massive problem for us. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I like, like that one. Yeah, a joke that again, you, you like just wouldn't. I wasn't expecting to hear that joke, and I, so I really, I think it made me laugh. Yeah, as you say, because you're just not expecting that to happen. Uh, so yeah, it's really some really great jokes, but um, those ones definitely stick out. So what do you think for writing then out of ten? I'm probably going eight. I thought it was the big and the characters is ever the big strengths of the movie yeah for sure for sure all right our next one is uh design uh, that includes special effects and kind of the general look of the movie obviously the the world of free city is very very much gta inspired uh, i don't think that's really anything they're trying to hide although gta inspired but also in like the the layout of how the game looked we don't really get to see a lot of the gameplay it seemed a little bit like world of warcraft combined with gta maybe um it yeah. seemed a little bit more mmo-ish uh but very much like in terms of the uh the aesthetic of the game it was very much a gta kind of world um i i really i liked that design of, of the game it felt like a game that made mm. sense that people would play obviously because a lot of people you know gtn wow were probably some of the biggest games of all time so it makes a lot of sense to sort of combine those two to create your game uh yeah, I just I liked that the game made sense. It looked cool. Um, special effects wise, everything looked pretty great. I don't think anything was too shoddy. I know I was, dude looked a bit weird, but I think he was meant to look a bit he, weird. Yeah, I think it was supposed uh, to look good. Or certainly you can uh it's perfectly fine if he did look weird. There's no there's no reason he had to look amazing, but I think that was very much intentional. Um yeah, what 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 did you think? Anything stick out to you as being weird or jarring? I have to disagree with you a little bit. I actually have said the special effects with regards to the CGI was probably one of the weaker parts of the movie. I thought, I mean, it was. I would give. I mean, give it a lines that probably doesn't has a slightly smaller budget and it's a comedy movie. But I thought the CGI wasn't quite up to scratch. I think. Some of the stuff didn't look well. It didn't. Uh, I know it seems weird to say in the movie about a video game. It didn't necessarily look realistic, but mm. um, some of the special effects I thought didn't really look that great with the CGI. I thought the built environments and the costumes design. Uh, I thought they were all pretty good. I mean, um, you, your man's layer where they get the video clip. I thought oh, yeah. actually looked really cool. Yeah, uh, but what didn't any shot that showed the game as it looked to the people playing it uh, i thought looked really poor i think that yeah 
yeah it, it looks like, like a, a it looks like game. a yeah <laughs> it didn't look like a game uh that everyone would play like the graphics on gta now are yeah miles above what they were in the movie uh which is kind of interesting because that feels like something you could easily make look far better uh well, so yeah i i suppose i know what you mean by that um i, I think with with something like this as well it's hard to chalk up what looks maybe worse because it's meant to be the game maybe or you know that like that maybe things didn't have to make sense so maybe they felt it was more okay to cut corners or something but definitely yeah the the way the game was meant to look or the way the game looked to the outside world i think def yeah i would agree it's they the art team maybe needed a little bit more a little bit more work um on on free city itself as as a game uh that that doesn't make sense actually it yeah, looks a bit like uh, Skyrim, I think it's probably the best, the closest thing, but maybe even worse. Yeah, so I mean, I think it's, it did, it, I mean, it did stand out to me as the main weakness. I just didn't really think the CGI looked that great in the movie. Uh, but as I said, I give that allowance in the, it's, uh, I, I imagine probably relatively big budget, but it's not got the budget to churn out special effects. They're going to look like a Marvel movie. Yeah. Which is probably now why we have a skewed sort of a idea of what <laughs> CGI should look like. Because I mean, it's it's still pretty far above the rest of the market. Yeah, uh, movies in terms of the quality of CGI. So yeah, our very, like our, our maybe... idea, the idea of CGI now is you should be able to make anything and make it look real, which yeah. maybe is an unrealistically high bar to set. Yeah. Uh, but I feel like it's fair that I mean I do have to be balanced in, in yeah, my criticism to, I mean, to something that is better. You know, when something yeah. is literally better, whether it's because of budget or not, it is. It's still technically better, and you sort of you have to you have to allow yeah. that. I think that's how scoring yeah. works. I'm afraid. Hate to but, break it uh, to you, multi-million oh, or billion-dollar corporations, but you might yeah. not get a perfect score on our arbitrary scoring system we do yeah. on our podcast but i think i should give mention the theme of the movie that overall it wasn't what was important i mean yeah what was important was the characters i mean that's essentially what the movie was at you know it, it wasn't supposed to be about the action necessarily yeah uh also shout out to uh the costume design all of the uh video game skins were just perfectly realistic and accurate honestly could have been crazier uh but they were all they all looked exactly like what gta skins look like so fair fair honestly people should have looked weirder if anything <laughs> like people's actual faces because people just jack up faces on <laughs> on video games so fair for making the costumes look very cool honestly but also very much like a video game you know there was no like consistency as to what the costume should look like which is exactly what games like gta and, and those sorts of big multiplayer online games are there should be no, absolutely no consistency as to what anyone looks like and i think they uh that tracks even just like the fact the the policeman and the bunny you know the giant pink rabbit uh i think just that is like the perfect that's enough that that's all you need and that makes sense as to you you look at that and you know that's that's two characters in a video game you know uh so i think that's props to design for doing that because uh 
it's just better than you know when people can create their own characters they they create dumb shit and that's uh and that's what they did so i think i think fair play um, Simpsons are going to take us off the air if you keep running that file mouth of yours. I apologize. Look, it's usually you who does it. I'm. It's. I, I, I give warning. A, I, I give sorry. the the little kiddies a chance to shield their ears from the cruel, cruel nature of the real well, world. This is the spoiler part of uh, Free Guy, and if people saw Free Guy, then they they heard a lot worse language than this. Uh, so you know, that's. Like, that you that's it all right i'm sorry i apologize i take it all back it's like living in a prison must be like i hope the mic picked that up my judgmental little tut yeah i know that your little little judgmental tut of me well i can only apologize and move on so our score for design uh will we do another 6.5 round out with the direction yeah okay I think that's okay. good. That rounds it out a bit. And finally, we have how much you liked it. This is our just score of uh, how much we enjoyed the movie. You definitely enjoyed it a lot. I enjoyed it a lot as well. Um, we'll kind of just agree uh, on a score or we can average our two scores, but I'm, I'd I, I think I'll be, be at a, a seven or an eight for me. I was going to say, I think eight. we'll meet in the middle of an eight because I, I would say I think it was a movie that was greater than the sum of its parts. I mean, whilst I yeah. don't think I gave it anything... Uh, higher than an eight in any of the categories i was said overall how much i enjoyed it was a nine so we yes. can meet in the middle with an eight that sounds good to me i think that's yeah that sounds great uh and then we always we have our potential bonus five we can give to uh, bump up the score a bit if we think anything any je ne sais quoi that deserves a little extra bonus point uh can you think of anything that deserves a bonus point from from this movie plus one for the music used in it uh, especially oh, yeah. fantasy by mariah carey yeah. which is currently living rent free in my head <laughs> yeah a little behind the scenes before we started recording look jumped on the the zoom call singing that already so uh rest assured he has been singing that all day uh yeah i would say definitely a bonus for that uh maybe a bonus just for really um, being more impressive than a movie like this necessarily needed to be uh do you know yeah. what i mean this this sort of movie would be it would be very easy for this to come out and just be a movie that people go out and see and be fine and, and then scrap it and be done with it so i think maybe a bonus just for for really impressing us <laughs> basically we've kind of said that a few times but that it's true it really did impress both of us so i think a bonus for that so a bonus two overall yeah yeah perfect and that is going to give us a final score of 39 out of 50. That's a pretty good score. Let me compare it to our other standings and see where that lands it. So for our best movie of all time, it actually puts it just above Black Widow and just below Trial of the Chicago 7. How does that sound to you? Uh, sounds about right. I'm just trying to think, comparing it to the Trial of the Chicago 7 is such a weird comparison to even start to make but in terms of blockbusters yeah I would say it probably was better than Black Widow yeah I, I would agree with that I think I would I know rewatchability is different to standalone quality but I think I'd probably rather watch this again than Black Widow and that's yeah. that's nothing bad against Black Widow as as we all nearly always say when we do these reviews we watch extremely good movies and TV shows now. We are absolutely spoiled for choice. So it's really rare that we're watching anything that bad. Um, so yeah, definitely 
if any if anyone who worked on Free Guy or Black Widow were listening to this, don't take that as anything bad. That is, <laughs> we watch great movies here. So, uh, yeah, I, I'm really happy with that. I think this was a great movie and really had a lot of fun with it. Um, any last remarks or will we move on? Uh, it's been a sweet, sweet fantasy, baby. Catchphrase. <laughs> so our, our next little segment that we'll do quickly is our Have You Seen This? This is where we talk about what we've been watching or reading or doing through the last sort of week and we uh, have a little chat about it. Now, I'm going to talk about a game this week. Look, have you played Shadow of Mordor? Uh, funny enough, yes, I have. <laughs> funny enough, you have played the video game that you loaned me for me to play. That's interesting that, that you would say that. Uh, yes, I, I finally came around to starting Shadow of Mordor. I have played a bit of this game before um, on Xbox, but I, I never never really sunk my teeth into it, but I absolutely loved it when I played it before, uh, when I gave it a go. Um, so I was very excited to play, but I, I've had it sitting in my house for a long time after you uh, loaned it to me just sort of waiting to play, had it installed on my PlayStation for the last week. And I, I finally started playing it yesterday. And uh, I, I absolutely love it. I already knew I loved it, but uh, I absolutely love it. For anyone who doesn't know, it is a, a video game set in the world of Lord of the Rings, sort of just prior to the everything really kicking off, <laughs> for lack of a better uh, phrase. Um, but it's very fun. It's If you like that world and those characters and that sort of, fantasy genre uh then you'll like this game it's it's not a new game at all a second one has already come out but um it, i just happened to be playing it this week but it's it's very fun i think the setting is one of the most fun parts about it but it's also just a very well-made game and um that sort of open world style of game where you but you can still you have this very strong storyline to follow as well uh it's just very it's it's the style of game that I like a lot, and uh, the the combat's very intuitive. It's very fun to play, and uh, I just didn't, I'm I'm really enjoying it. I already knew I would <laughs> enjoy it, but uh, my suspicions were confirmed, and I like it. Uh, so, look, what have you been watching or uh, doing this, seeing this week? Oh, as soon as you did a video game, I'll do a video game as well. Reese, have you played Yakuza like a dragon? I have not. Uh, I'm. I'm sure I will play that as soon as you're finished with it and loan it to me as well. <laughs> okay. So Yakuza is the um, like a dragon is the. It's not the seventh game released in the series, but it's technically the seventh installment in the popular Yakuza fran- uh, franchise, which is both very popular in its original country of. Uh, Japan, where I think it's known as Ryugagatoku, which I have no clue what that means in English. Uh, and it has now gained a large following here in the West. Uh, so Yakuza Like a Dragon follows the protagonist Ichiban Kasuga, who is a Yakuza who serves 18 years in prison for a murder which he did not commit covering for uh his patriarch's son mm. and it then follows what happens after his release uh, i'm not going to try and even explain the story after that point because it's got quite a long story but, but very inter- a very entertaining and interesting one but basically the game is 
whilst previous games in the act as a series were brawlers uh, in which had real-time action uh, like a dragon is a turn-based uh, rpg in the oh. style of dragon quest and uh pokemon and it, <laughs> i really enjoyed it i haven't played a game that I've sunk as much time to in a while as a put into like a dragon and I would say just I'll, I'll not I could talk for ages about it so I'll just talk about one thing I love and it's a staple <laughs> of the Yakuza games is all the different side stuff you can do in the mm. game where the main story is about uh, organized crime in Japan and it's very very serious the side stuff is absolutely bunkers uh, <laughs> So, I mean, just as an example, there's uh, a karaoke mini game where you, it's just a standard rhythm mechanism, but then about a minute into every song, when you do it, it switches to uh, like a music video style performance. I mean, you get a feel that this it's in a few <laughs> games in the Axis series. You can search up uh, on YouTube Goro Majima 24 hour Cinderella just to see how bizarre some of them get uh, yeah. um, there's there's a side quest where you have to find a man who is um urinating in public and put a stop to his uh fluid related crimes <laughs> so I, I just really enjoy it the games are very very entertaining a, a mix of different tones in in that game would you say yeah <laughs> No, that sounds really good. You have you've told me about it before, and I um I do think it's definitely a game I'll play because yeah, I I liked turn based strategy a lot, and I haven't played a turn based game in a long time, so it will be nice to uh to come back to one um after of course I finished Shadow of Mordor, but that that would be a fun to come back to. Uh yeah, I like talking about games. We don't talk about games a lot, um mm. but we're we're two big gamery guys. I suppose this week was actually a pretty gamer heavy topic even though we were talking about a movie um so yeah i i enjoyed talking a little bit more about some real nerd stuff you know <laughs> not even the fake nerd stuff we usually talk about real nerds like games uh <laughs> but anyway uh i i enjoyed i enjoyed talking about that a lot so thank you very much for listening everyone this has been the crack and banter podcast if you want to get in contact with the show you can head to our social media we've got instagram we've got twitter we've got a subreddit you can check us out there if you want to recommend us anything or ask a question, you can send it to crackandbanterpod at gmail.com. Ask us anything, give us a recommendation, and we will definitely get back to it. Um, but thank you very much for listening. And look, can you close us out, please? This has been the Crack and Banter podcast. Thank you for listening. I am now on my way to get some absolutely delicious boiled turkey. Thanks for listening, guys. We'll see you next week. Bye-bye. Thank you.